Hello, welcome everyone. Uh, my name is Jimena and I'm one of the members of Sweeties. <laughs> and Sweeties is a curatorial collective dedicated to the work, the excellence, the artistry of people of color. Um, and we're here today um, as part of one of our days of the residency with Beverly. So Hi, my name is Brian. <laughs> Um, I'm also on another one for Sweeties, and um, yeah, so Sweeties uh, times Beverly is a collaboration with, with Beverly's. We are kind of celebrating, but also talking about um, night, night, uh, nighttime politics and nighttime dance, uh, dance spaces in where uh, the people of color are inhabiting and, and creating for each other. Um, and for ourselves. Um, this panel consists of, of three um, of three segments. Our first segment is DJs. And we have the pleasure of having DJ Bambona in the house, y'all. Give a look. And DJ Pre-Colombian in the house. Two of my favorite DJs personally. For real? I'm not blessed right now. Um, well, this I was saying this morning, I was like, yo, I, I, I'm right now, I'm really excited. And I got more and more excited um, throughout the day, just like thinking about the fact that like I'm going to be talking to like really, really I, I really feel like y'all are icons. And um, yeah, no, I do. And I think that there's like, there's so much, there's so much future. There's so much future. Um, and this and this is also why we're doing this, right? We're thinking about like our futures. Um Yes, the second segment is um, uh, people who um, work the night. Um, so just different people who are um, kind of also creating creating these spaces, like just through an array of ways and kind of like uh, making the venues what they are, right? Activate, activating the spaces, activating the venues. Um, and the last one will be uh, Kiwan Thomas with a crash course on party going and staying healthy and then she'll be here pretty soon <laughs> but um i wanted to start with just like introductions um who are you hi y'all how are y'all um thanks for having me at sweeties i'm so honored to be here um this is so cute um my name is dj benbona i'm from brooklyn new york panamanian puerto rican latina Afro-Latina, ya tu sabes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've been doing this for going for three or two years now. I don't remember. I'm like a baby in the scene, um, but I've been working my ass off. I'm, I'm like working super hard, um, but I've been DJing for like maybe five years in total. Just two at home and then three in public. And yeah, I, I concentrate in like Afro-diasporatical sounds, like representing you know, the blackness in our Latino communities and mixing the African-American with the Latino, with um, my African diaspora, with the Caribbean, like all of those sounds, that's what I like to play personally. Hi, um, I'm also so like excited and honored to be here. Like, I think y'all are so cute and sweet, like for real sweeties. <laughs> Um, my name is Chasta Sophia. Um, I go by pre-Columbian, um, and I'm based in Philadelphia, and I'm originally from Peru. Um, <laughs> um, 
Um, and yeah, and I do, I mostly focus on like, yeah, like organizing and like, like doing cultural creation um, and like scene building in Philadelphia and also just like nationally, internationally. Like I love to just like connect and build with people and like, you know, specifically create um, environments and experiences for like, yeah, for specifically queer and trans people of color. Yes, welcome! <laughs> I'm just so excited to have you here. You're so beautiful and amazing. So I guess we wanted to hear a little more um, about, so you both have your own parties and we wanted to hear a little more about that. Like how, how did you begin to decide to make your own space? What was the impetus for that? Um, yeah, what does it mean to you right now? So I've been doing this for maybe like 10 years now. Um, and I guess I started, yeah, because I felt like there was like a lack of like specifically queer of color, like centered events, um, like parties and like in Philly, um, when I moved there and yeah, that kind of was like my impetus to like start those things and like just like build and create that and help build like a, to help build like a scene that was like Q-pop led, like queer people of color led and like, and that's kind of like what's been like the, the basis of my work in Philadelphia and I feel like the scene there is popping a little bit and like there's like tons of like cute artists that are coming out of Philly that are like I'm like really excited about um, and yeah right now I'm like doing um, an event with um, with Bearcat who is also here hey! the, in the inimitable <laughs> the inimitable Bearcat um, we're, we do a night in Philadelphia called Seltzer, and it's just like, yeah, it's like a cutie pop centered um, party, but then also just like also like a musical platform for like, for queer and trans people of color artists, specifically like black and brown artists. Um, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Um, I don't know, I just like, I've always loved music, I've been in bands for a long time, um, I've been like in like, I grew up like in the punk scene in D.C., like I grew up in D.C., um, and like, in the punk scene there, and um, yeah, I've kind of always been around music, and then I was doing radio shows in Philadelphia for like, little like local, like low power FM stations in Philly, and um, yeah, and this kind of just pushed me into like, throwing events, and I was also like, um, like and like an organizer, like a community organizer. That's also like part of my background too. Like I have like an activist community organizing background, and I was doing that. And so I feel like we just like both those loves just kind of melded together. I mean, that's a good answer. Um, where where should I start? I don't even know. Um, all right, Vibras NYC. I basically it just made a year this summer. Um, so it's still pretty new in the market and NYC scene. Um, I basically made it because I felt like, I mean, I'm, first of all, I'm really blessed to be part of a community that's been representing, you know, for like people of color and queer trans, because that's like the majority of my crowd and I wanted to be that way, I want to keep it that way. Um, and I just feel like there wasn't really a party for me that kind of like connected the dots in terms of the diaspora. Um, and that's why I created Vibras because like as a as a party goer, as like a dancer, as a person that loves the performing arts, like I've always felt like when I'm at a party I get bored. Like if there's too much in one genre, I'm just like, this is not me. Like I'm filled with different types of like 
likes and I feel like that's all of us like as first second generation Latinos like we have our roots you know we have what we grew up on with like our parents our grandparents but like we also have this New York jungle that like birthed us you know and like created us and I feel like through my music I could like represent that like we, we have hip-hop like I have Afrobeats, cumbia, salsa, um Nembo, like it's kind of like covering growing up in New York as a Latino, Latina, Latinx, um, and yeah, that's why I pretty much created Vibras, like as that party that connected the dots for people of like first, second generation undocumented um, Latinos. Um, as with starting to become a DJ, I mean, I've, I've always been in the performing arts my whole life, so everything I pretty much touched like every little thing and DJing just came more accessible to me so like money wise I was able to DJ at the time and that's where I kind of started like opening up what Ruben Bona was to the world and like other projects are coming but that's like the beginning stage like the DJ you know but I want to kind of make sure that people know that we're not one-dimensional people like we all do different things and like like we organize we create spaces um we're visual artists we're marketers we're like we do a bunch of shit you know and like I feel that that's important to let people know that's not like we do one thing or we want to be known for one thing I'm just trying to be like known for everything I'm trying to do it all you know um but luckily, like DJing, I'm really blessed to like have that as my introduction to the world. I like this thing that you yeah, uh, were both saying about, um, and what you were saying, Mimbona, about um, this all these things that were the uh, all these types of music that makes the that makes us. Um, but also specifically with like what gets considered like black music and what doesn't get considered black music, right? I mean, and, and then I, I feel like in a lot of um, experiences that I've not, I've had outside of New York, but also in New York City, um, that um, how in different ways the music is recognized. For example, like cumbia or chicha or even salsa, or how that music doesn't necessarily always um, inhabit the spaces that maybe hip hop is having a regular historically they're so tied together um, I, I, I kind of want to know a little bit more about that I and mean, selection of music because both of y'all have that is really interesting the, the, you know what I mean like for real and this is why I appreciate that is because or like I always um, I remember when I first heard Chaska I was like yo I like Chaska because she played a lot of like like a lot of like shit that makes me want to go off like, you know what I mean like, but I don't really like, yeah that like you know like and, and, and everything makes me go off right like hip hop too but like I mean like the the you know there was something very specific about that and then with Mbona I was like yo I like Mbona because she plays a lot of salsa like she's not afraid to play salsa you know what I mean a lot of people are though you know a lot of people who yeah <laughs> and we were talking about this because I feel like salsa is a lot of people's guilty pleasure and that's weird yeah exactly 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 and that's weird because I grew up on that you know and I grew up on and, and but, yeah yeah talk a little bit about selection of music and you know what's up with that world yeah well first of all salsa is my favorite genre of all time period point blank I mean I grew up in a household that was mad boricua like we listened to Gran Combo we listened to Frankie Ruiz we listened to La India Mark Anthony you know the typical 90s and Fania all stars all of that so like for me I think the whole like misconception there is about like you know playing salsa is so taboo first of all it's like it, it wasn't like 
we're not in the times of like before, you know, like the music industry basically crafted or manipulated our ears to only like things that are very one, two, three, four. Like the the human body, like I'm getting mad. <laughs> but like, but like, just just like if y'all didn't know, now y'all know. It's like the way why it was crafted that way that we only. I come from like a classical music background. I used to play instruments, so this is why. I know all this crap, but like in 4-4 time, it's like, this is our way of grounding to the earth, you know, like, it's easy for people to move, that's why everything's so electronically music-based, because it's just like, boom, 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 and you don't really need to know how to dance, you just gotta, you know, whatever, moves and feel, um, which I love, but with salsa, it's different, you know, and that's why I personally love salsa, because it's more... Ah, it's like the way the 70s salsa will always be my favorite is because it was so like crafted so perfectly like it was just masterly crafted um it was classical it was jazz you know and it threw you off it wasn't like the whole song is like this and that's it it, it, it took you on a journey and I think that's why people are scared to play salsa because you really need a mix. You need to know your like if you have a salsa crate or like salsa collection, you gotta know your songs in and out. Like where the breakdown comes on, when the the congas come on, the timbales. That's mainly where you should mix because it'll, it'll probably stay steady, but it kind of like goes faster or slower. Like the song never stays on one BPM. That's why it's hard as fuck to like. It's hard as fuck to spin salsa. Like I even I fuck up all the time, but like it's a learning process. You really gotta know your music, and I think that's basically like I don't know if I can speak for you, but knowing our set list, knowing our collection really well, I think matters a lot because you like as a DJ, you're like a producer. You're you're basically piecing together one soundtrack for the night. You know. No, yeah, yeah. I love. I like. I know my collection really well, and I'm always like studying it and listening to it, and like, and like I'm always like, yeah. Whenever I'm listening to it, like I just like, yeah, I'm always like, okay, yeah. Like I spend a lot of time like in the car. I love going for drives and like smoking in the car, like just like getting high, like going for like long drives, like to New Jersey or whatever. You know, just like listen to like a playlist of like things that I'm thinking about for like the next for my next set, and now I'm just like, oh yeah, I could mix this in my hair, like yeah. But like yeah, I mean, um, I don't know what else I could add to like what I'm one that said TBH. Um, I mean, uh, my collection, I guess, is like a lot of like yeah. I feel like a lot of people know that I love like cumbia, I love chicha. Um, I love like a, just like almost like pretty much anything that comes out of Peru. Like I just love Peruvian music. Like I, I grew up on like so much like bass and like yeah like all so, all sorts of like Afro Peruvian music and like marineras and all sorts of things like that and um, and also salsa. And, um, but I also love love like metal and like. Um, and so like my, my collection varies, but I feel like it's like a lot of like, yeah, like, like Afro diasporic like rhythms and like, and it's really hard to see, like I feel like what you were saying earlier about like what gets recognized is like, I feel like 99% of like modern genres, like popular music or anything like that is like, is like rooted in black music, you know, so it's like, you know, so I feel like I, I want to hold that like, that appreciation and that like brilliance and just like, and like, you know, carry that in my sense as a non-black person, you know? I guess on that, um, I'd love to hear more about how you started building an audience 
for example, Chatea talking about like playing teacher, playing like Peruvian music, you know, like not, not everyone even knows about that. You know, like how do you start building that audience? Like how do people start responding to, to the music you're playing? And yeah, I think it's beautiful too because you're also like calling to people, you know, by like the music that you're playing. Um, I don't know, I guess I saw my following just like, you know, I feel like in West Philly in particular, like in Philadelphia, it's like a small city and like the queer community in like West space in West Philadelphia is like very tight knit. So I feel like it's just like being a part of that community, you know, like I feel like it's like a place where like it kind of feels like a small town within a big city where like if you like I used to live like on this like one of the main intersections in the neighborhood. And so, like, I would just walk out my door and just, like, see, like, 40 queers, you know, I try to go to, like, the corner store, and it take, you know, it would take me, like, you know, 45 minutes to get, like, you know, like, hot Cheetos or whatever. Because I would just, like, run into people on my way across the street, you know? So it's just, like, a very, like, you know, it's a place that's, like, so, you know, just, like, being around and, like, doing things and being, like, a part of the community, like, I feel like helps my following, like, very, I feel like I built my following very much, like, through word of mouth. And, um, I don't really have, like, a huge like on like social media presence I'm not really super into like social media except for like I love I love Instagram um, and also and I love Snapchat but like I, I only have I, yeah <laughs> um, but yeah it's just, it's just been like word of mouth and just like you know just like going places and like you know it's like I feel like when you show up for people when you go to their events you get to know them you get to see their you get to meet their crowds and you connect with other people like I feel like I've just been doing that just like I love to travel and connect with folks so I feel like that's how I built my following and also just like playing out a lot like I know Ben Bona plays out a lot way more than I do at these days but I feel like I've been like that person that's played like you know two times like every week for like you know 10 months straight or something and like you know that also builds up like a following where you're just like especially like if you're like a DIY artist and you don't have access to like platforms like it's like being a DIY like yeah like a trans being like a trans woman of color like trying to come up in like the and like the music industry is really really difficult and I feel like I built most of that through community and like that pushed me up like because I don't I can't just walk into like a place and people just like take me seriously like you know so it's like I feel like I had to like yeah I feel like I still have to do that you know but I don't know yeah, I feel like that's how I've built my following, and then just like, and now I'm like, you know, like starting to hit big, bigger platforms these days. But you know, it's like, yeah, it's just like about like being good to people and like connecting with them, supporting them, like you know, because if you support the community, they'll support you, you know. So it's just like that's how I, like I built my following. That was actually a really important thing you just said the last part as well, because I think that's the important part of like building an audience. I mean, I don't even, honestly, I don't know how I did it. I still don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, we work hard, you know, and it's good to know, like, people appreciate that, that, like, your hard work and, like, your talent or you're naturally, like, giving gifts, you know? Because it's, it, it's, I mean, it's easy to be a DJ, but it's, it's not easy to, like, connect to people or, like, to be more than that, you know, I feel like, because everyone could, like, throw on tracks, but it goes deeper than that for us, you know, especially, like, people of color or marginalized folks. Um, for me, I feel that, like, the last thing that pre-Columbian said, which was, like, vibes and, like, actually connecting with people is really important. Because, like, I hate, like, you know when you idolize somebody and then you meet them and you're like, damn, like, they're a fucking bitch or they're, like, an asshole or they're stuck up or they're, like, you know, and, like, I try to avoid or be any of those things. I don't even like, like, giving a false hope that I am that. And then they're like, this bitch, I'm like, no, I had a bad day, I'm sorry. Like, receiving energy from other folks is, like, people don't understand that we're, like, 
we're still human and like we're not robots so like we do need love and care too we need people to check in on us we need people to be like we're there for you too um i think that's really important to know because it's just drain it's draining as fuck it's so hard um but i always i feel like for me i've always tried to like continue like a connection with my audience outside of this setting so like whether it's going out with them if i want to if i feel their vibe that i i do want to get to know them more and like have a friendship or more like outside of the community then i try to do that um always approach everybody with love and care and like i love hugging people and shit like hugs are my thing like i when i meet somebody i always give them a hug it's like you never know what the person's going through and just like the stories and i'm sure you've heard like the stories that we get from our audience like after we play sets and they're like yo you don't know like i needed this and like they break it down to you like i was depressed and like i had one story um one of my favorite DJs too right now, Teardrops, shout outs to him. Um, he was like, he we had met through Vibras NYC when I was uptown and he told me like, he was hella depressed and when he came to a party, like somebody finally dragged him outside and it was my party. <laughs> it just happened to be that way and that's where we met. He was like, yo, like you don't know like how much this meant to me, like this took me out of that like darkness this route this rut that i was in so long and like i think hearing stories like that makes like helps us it energizes us it gives us like a boost to be like oh wow like i'm i deserve to be here like i'm meant to be here and yeah i mean social media i'm a slave to social media unfortunately um i just because i feel like everything is about promoting and like reaching out um I feel like people like through through DJing a lot, like he said, that's where you boost your like audience because like you know people want to follow you if you're popping. They're gonna be like, where can I go to your next event? And I think little by little that's what happened. I mean, for me, just this past year, um, the Bomba Estadio gig definitely like <laughs> it definitely boosted. <laughs> it definitely did. Like I'm not gonna lie. Um, wow. Like I have people still like. The, the other day, like last week, no, just the other day actually, somebody just came from, seeing me from that concert, they came out to one of my gigs, so, like, having that was like a definitely a, a opener. Yeah, what you're saying, what you both are saying is true, I mean, we, we do we do forget about y'all sometimes, because being, being behind the booth is like a very interesting space to be. So acknowledge your DJs, y'all, give them love. I wanted to ask about uh, bookings and, and like when when to say when do you know to say yes or no to to something um and and you know that like, you know spaces have you know like hidden agendas you feel me and like um and those things are either like very explicit or like under the rug so like I want to hear a little bit about that. Oh, um, Lord Jesus, I'm still dealing with booking drama. It's been hard because like you know as an artist you still now it's like you have the business side and that's like you can't separate the two like unless you have somebody doing that it's like which i will be soon um shout outs to fanfi stephanie um <laughs> but like unless you have somebody doing that you do all the workload so it's difficult because like i'm a genuinely like kind person for the community so it's hard when like i have to say no to something because of my livelihood or my living you know because like right now I can't afford to do free gigs, you know, like unfortunately that's just, I'm only doing this, so that's my career, it's my life, and like 
I think people need to understand that more, um, especially our own communities that we serve, because sometimes they could be the toughest crowds to like to have understand your 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 struggle. You're like, yo, I get it, but like, I can't do this right now. You know, you gotta understand. Like, give me some leeway. Um, and if they hate you for that, they gonna hate you. Like, that's it. I mean, that means they were never there for real. So, um, I feel like. With booking, I kind of depended on what's, like, urgent right now, what's needed. Like, for example, I mean, I've been dealing with the Puerto Rico situation for, like, since it began. So, like, emotionally, I'm, right now, actually, I'm behind emails tenfold. Like, I probably lost my gigs right now, but, like, I haven't been emotionally there. So, like, everything that had to do with, like, Puerto Rico, I was there. I was like, okay, I got you, I'll do this, I'll do that, or I'm creating a space for it um to raise money things like that i never charge i never ask for anything obviously because like that's not that's not my style um other things like if it's like a big corporation it's like some type of shit like that like a brand that obviously they could afford you like up their price like (laughs) you gotta get them their money like your money out of them because it's like they know that they could afford you and even more than, but sometimes they try to rob you uh, off of that and be like, oh, we can't really afford this or we can't really pay this right now. I'm like, no, like, sorry, I can't do that. So it's all about juggling what's important to you, I feel. Um, and yeah, I don't know. And what you like to do, obviously, what community you want to play for. I mean, I'm not going to play at a random bar for gringos unless, like, I really need that money, but, like, it's not even that great anyway. The bars don't pay you that well anyway, so, I mean, people don't know that side. It's, like, you're you're giving out more energy than you receive in terms of financial gain because, like, bars, to keep it 100, they give you, like, a bar cut, which is, like, 10%, and that's if you bring mad alcoholics to your party that's going to be, like, buying the bar up, to be true, to be honest. And then it's like one little minimum pay, so it could range from like for me right now. I don't know about you, but it's been around like 150, 200 for the night. And this is like you're playing six, eight hours straight, and that's supposed that's like ten times more than you should be. I mean, ten times less than you should be getting. <laughs> and then like a minimum bar cut if you make that stretch. So if there's mad people, you'll probably get an extra hundred dollars, fifty dollars. Um, and that's mainly what I've been seeing in the New York bar scene or like venue-wise. I just, I've never been interested in a DJ at clubs, so I don't know how they really work with that. But I think it's more promoter-based, which is like, you still gotta bring people. Yeah, I mean, I feel like in Philly, that's a little bit different, where like, the parties there in Philly are usually like 9 or 10 till 2 a.m. And then, and most bars will actually, mo- like, I feel like the... For me, what I what I call the standard deal in Philadelphia is that the bar takes keeps the bar and we take all of the door. Like the bar doesn't charge you any percentage or anything like that. Like some bars will try to do that, but I feel like you can always get a deal where like that's so I feel like it's a little bit easier or like less of a financial risk sometimes to like do stuff in Philadelphia because it's a little bit smaller. Um, and then going back to like bookings, like yeah, I feel like when I first started I would pretty much say yes to like almost anything. And, um, yeah, I think it was, for me, it was, like, a process of learning to say no and not feeling bad about it. And, like, and also, like, you know, standing up for, like, what you're worth. Like, I feel like a lot of people assume that it's a hobby, that you can just, that you can just do it for free. 
that it's that there's they just show up and you just play songs, you know, it's like or like that you just like make a playlist and you just like play the playlist, like it's like a craft. It's like it's an art form. <clears throat> you know, it takes practice and like you know, they don't see the hours of like music selection, like music like research and like yeah, so much pirating. Like and figure out how to pirate stuff if you can't afford shit, you know, and trying to trying to find like a good quality like Kalela bootleg is like so hard sometimes. Like you know, it's like you gotta like sometimes you have to pay for it, but like I try not to, even though like sometimes I feel fucked up about it. But if it's like my friends, I'll pay for the music. But if it's like an artist that I'm not connected to, like I'll just rip it because you know I don't got that kind of cash. But um, but yeah, just like learning this thing, and also just like yeah, like you said, like you you want to play for the community that you want to serve, and like yeah, and like so you know I feel like whatever I play, like I feel like I have to like in some way either connect with like my politics or with like my aesthetic <laughs> either or you know or both you know right because sometimes like things might not be like you know all up there with your politics but like you know if it's cute still like I would do it <laughs> so I kind of wanted to tie all these like things that we've been talking about together and I know I, I watch your story sometimes, Jessica, and you're like always like workflow. Like I see you like working real hard, and then Bona, you're like booked like every day of the week, you know. So <laughs> and like we're talking a little bit about that, like working, you're working really hard. It's also like we're talking. This is also emotional labor. It's not just like actually physical labor, you know. So um, and then that being tied to the fact that it's also um, community organizing work. Like you're also working for the communities that you care about, that you are. Um, and, and living in all that as like women and women of color in this world, how are you taking care of yourself? Yeah, I mean, I just um, I just recently came off like a uh, like a prolonged like break from throwing from throwing events and doing parties. Um, I did DJ a little bit because you know I wanted to get the money and like I was getting some college gigs that I, I love. To go back to the bookings, college bookings. Like if there's any if, if anyone, yeah. Have us out to your university if you are in school right now. Book Bona, book me. Look us up. Oh uh, yeah, you know, get that college money. Um, but um, but like I just came off a break where yeah, I was just like not doing events for like almost like it was like maybe like ten months or so of like not doing stuff because it's just like yeah, it's like a lot of like there's so much like emotional labor that and physical labor that yeah, like you were saying, like it's just not seen, you know, like. Yeah, like a lot of venues, especially in Philadelphia, like a lot of venues are very DIY, so like a lot of them don't have sound systems, they don't have like music equipment or any sort of backline, so like, you know, so it's like figuring out where to get them, where to rent them, or borrow them from, and then like carrying all this music equipment and like, and then just like, yeah, like, and I feel like when you're throwing events, like, I feel like if you're just like a regular, like, white, cis, like, straight person or whatever, like, you can just pop into anywhere and just, like, throw an event anywhere. It doesn't matter who comes. You know, because you're just, like, you just, you know, you just walk through the world that way. And, like, when you're throwing events for, like, a historic, historically, like, marginalized community, it's, like, a little bit different. You know, it looks, it looks really different. You know, you have to take way more care. And you're holding, like, you're holding, like, a lot of people's, like, expectations, a lot of people's, like... 
a lot of people's like needs, like emotional needs, like you know aesthetic needs, like all sorts of needs that they have and expectations for like. Because you know when you're selling a queer party, it's like you know this is for like you queer people, and so like they're like, oh, this is for me. So then like this is all the things that I want in the space. But like you know you have to like you know somehow create something that like can like you know, you know you can't really please everybody but like you know you're, you're holding like expectations of like hundreds and thousands of people and it's like and you know and then something might pop off on like on your event and it's just like there's just so much work and like and just like you know it's you know there's a lot of labor that people just people just think you show up and like it's a party and like all we do is get drunk and party and it's actually like you know filling an event takes like weeks and months of planning and like and work and like coordination and like yeah I don't know it's yeah it's like it's not a hobby it's like you know I feel like corporations like have like full-time positions for like event organizers who like will create events for them you know it's like people don't view like nightlife workers as like as like they don't mean yeah like they'll just come in on your facebook page like with some reckless shit and just like you know think that you can just respond on the spot because like you know you're just like all you do is party anyway so you don't have you know you have time for everyone's needs like you know it's like you know like i'm a busy person you know i'm djing multiple things i'm like you know like i'm like helping raise a kid i'm like hustling. yeah like i'm a poor person like i don't have a day job like i'm always hustling you know and yeah, people just don't, yeah, so this is like, this is my actual job, people, you know, people think you have a day job, you can just go back to if you like, if the party doesn't pop off, like, no, if the party doesn't pop off, I can't pay rent, you know, so, I don't know, yeah, so like, yeah, I feel like, I feel like for me, like, yeah, taking like, an almost year-long break was like, really helpful, and this is the second time I've done that, like, I did this again, like, maybe like, six or seven years ago, like, I, I took like, another like, years-long break, and it's it's like a lot, you know. Yeah, it's a lot. For me, I feel like I, I can't afford to take a break right now, even though I want to. Just because um, I'm still in that grinding stage where, like, I still need a rock. I still need to get more of an audience and like build up more of my name, like outside of the circles of, that we have. Um, and what was like, oh, the care. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I was just talking to Bearcat for Colombia before. I'm like, hell yeah, I'm doing crazy as usual. Like, I'm never balanced, honestly. I'm gonna keep it real. I'm never 100% calm and zen like people portray on their social media that they're all types of like chill. Um, I'm still figuring out what works for me and like what actually is care for me. Um, sometimes, I mean, like, people are like, you're working so hard, and I'm here like, I don't know, like, I'm here on my bed, like, juice, like, just, like, thrown in my bed and shit, um, but I keep forgetting, like, when you work so back-to-back, it's like, for me, if I have a week of, like, back-to-back gigs, I need, like, another whole week to just recuperate, like, especially if you, like, you drink and shit, or if you do other shit, I'm not gonna judge, but, um, like, if you need a, you need a kind of like, alright, I need my time to be by myself, or family, or my loved ones, or whatever, um, friendships and stuff is really important for self-care, like, to check in on your friends, hang hang out with your friends, whether it's just, like, grab coffee, or whatever, or, like, go over their house, I think for me, that's part of my self-care, just being with people that I love, or that I feel their energy is like mine, 
Um, just because it brings me peace and it brings me like kind of like there's this mutual understanding that we're like we're all going to that same like goal or like we're all trying to uplift our communities and like it helps me like regain that energy to do it um sleep is important but i don't know <laughs> i'm far from that i i don't know it's like you get so like insomniatic i just made a word i think but like <laughs> you get so insomniatic that it's like <laughs> you you don't even know what's reality after a while you're just like going like in some i don't know weird dimension or some shit <laughs> i'm not on drugs or anything but it's just like that's how i be feeling um but i think also cooking is for me it's been feel like a lot when it's been really stressful i mean i've heard from like my people that comment my stories they're like you're always eating you're always cooking i'm like yeah i'm always fucking eating because like the times i work <laughs> i feel like um i don't know when i when you get to prepare a meal for yourself or for like your loved ones it makes you feel like i don't know better you like you get to share something that you created and like people might not even know like oh like you love to cook or whatever or you like to do this and that so that's cool um taking a break i guess from like what you normally do because i hate routine like i'm like a routine like i hate that shit like that's why i never fit to a nine to five because it just feels so mechanical to me like i'm like i don't want to live like this like this is not for me like i feel miserable and i don't down people that like that's their life or they have to hustle they gotta pay their rent they gotta pay they got kids they gotta pay their bills whatever but for me i just felt like i was privileged enough not to have that lifestyle even though the loans have kicked in severely and my, my family ain't having it no more they're like you not you better get it together <laughs> but um i don't know i feel like making life more spontaneous is important like every day is different for me like i just want that for everybody it's like it's refreshing it keeps you on your toes it keeps you like energized you can actually create more because once you have a nine to five it's all the systems that's like the system's way of controlling us like they want us to be in a nine to five so that we have no space for creativity at all like you come home you're not gonna want to create you're not gonna want to do shit like I gotta get this money, that's it, and point blank, like, I can't do nothing with that, so, I feel like it's, if you have that privilege to do so, quit your 9 to 5 now, did you hear me quit right now, like, don't work for the white man, Lisa, <laughs> don't work for the industry, like, I don't know, I hate it, I just feel like it traps people in, like, a bubble, and, like, it sucks, because I see the potential in people that do work 9 to 5s, and I'm like, yeah, like I wish like we could have like given you a push to like do what you want to do, you know? We can't all afford it. So I feel like when you do have that privilege, you should be more like acknowledge that you do and be more appreciative of it, even though like we're struggling our asses off, but we still get to love like live doing what we love. Yes, yes. Um <laughs> Uh, are y'all are you producing for anybody right now? Are you making are you making music for an artist right now? Are you working with different artists? Uh, I just feel like I just have a bajillion like unfinished things that you know, and I'm like too shy to like share with anyone. I don't know. I'm a very like anxious, shy person. So you know, you wouldn't know that from like my social media, but like I am. Um, funny story. I started 
as a producer, before I became a DJ, that's what I wanted to do. I was like, fuck out of here. I'm a, I'm a real disproduction in the world, you know, because, I mean, let's be honest, like, there's not many black women, especially black women Latina, that's, like, doing any of this shit. So, um, I don't know. I feel like now, like, I'm thinking of taking this winter hiatus. So, from, I might still DJ here and there, but, like, not vibras i'm gonna give it a break i'm just gonna have time for me like not a year i don't know if i could do a year because i'm not really working so it's like hard but um to produce i want to produce just it hasn't been accessible like when you're poor it's like fuck like i i'm grateful to have friends or like the community that's willing to help that they're like oh i have a studio here or like you could come over my house and practice on this but everyone's schedules are all over the place so most of the time it never works out so like I want to basically really focus on producing because people have been asking me that for a while. Like, they're like, Vibona, like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, wait for it. (laughs) But, like, I really want to shake things up. I want to surprise people and do some shit. Um, Hopefully 2018, that's going to be the year of, like, creating original content. Um, Sidebar, I also do video editing and that. So I want to go back into that. That's my other passion, media arts. Um doing like either promos music videos shooting i love doing that too but i just never gave it as much attention because the djing was just too like taking up all my time but i want to get back to that and producing all right so any artists in the room you already heard Lemona is looking to produce someone <laughs> anyone listening to this recording you know who to hit up <laughs> um i wanted to open it up to anyone in the room if you have any questions for these amazing djs who are here sitting with us yes we got one right here. So I want to hear about like your investment in your craft. You know, like you'll hear about you'll hear from me later. Um, but like, what are your struggles on like you know um, buying your equipment? Do you own your own equipment? Did you have to rent? You know those like because I think that's always interesting. And I've never I know a lot of DJs radio DJs but radio already has the station you know what I'm saying so but I want to hear the raw upcoming of that so um I mean for as far as like equipment that I own I've always um I've always bought like when I first started I feel like I bought like the cheapest like controllers that were like you know like 90 100 dollars on Amazon or something um I mean because I started to get those like on my laptop you know and I was like um, and then, I mean, recently I've just moved up to CDJs and like, but I mean, I feel like it's just like, also like, but yeah, it's like investing like hundreds of dollars in like a good controller, like, you know, my laptop, obviously. Um, and then when you have, yeah, when you have to have CDJs and stuff, yeah, it's like kind of like a problem because I feel like in New York, more bars and clubs have CDJs like on deck, but like in Philly, like very few places have that. I mean, luckily for Carrie and I, like for just like most people in Philly, I feel like we, um, DJ JavaScript, who I want to give a shout out to, who always like lets us borrow like his CDJs, like he is such a sweetie, he's so generous and like, you know, we really like, he's just so generous with the CDJ. So someone like, that's like, you know, it's like, it's like about finding like those resources and like, uh, oh yeah, like a CDJ, kind of like, you know. I was just gonna break it down while you were talking. <laughs> that, yeah, I'm like, that, that. all right, 
Okay, this is three levels. Well, for me, it's three levels. So one controller, which is basically like you plug into a mixer. It's like a little box. Everything has two decks, but it's like a little carry-on. Like you could bring it with you anywhere, plug it in. You connect that with your laptop with through a software. So that's like one setup, which is what we both use majority. I just um, switched to CDJs too. Um, CDJs, I mean, in most clubs you'll see that, they're, I mean, everyone knows what vinyl is, right? Like, the regular, that's where DJ began, obviously, um, so that's, like, in and out, yeah, the CDJs is more like, they used it literally for CDs, you would pop in CDs inside, it has a mixer in the middle, two decks, but it's digital, and you could use CDs or you could use a USB, so, like, the USBs, I think, I don't know, do you use USBs? Like, I use USBs, yeah? <laughs> it's so, like, I, it has took me a while to transfer to that. Um, because going back to your question, I didn't have accessibility to CDJs, and everybody's like, why don't you use, like, that? Like, I'm like, I don't know, I gotta bring all my shit. Like, I can't, but, like, with CDJ, for, for me, I use it during events where I only have, like, an hour set. And like I know what I want to prep like for that set, and it's important to me that it's this certain type of way. So I'll prep it through um what's the shit called Record Box? Sorry, Record Box is um a program that you use for CDJs, and it's basically like a Serato, a DJing platform. Um, does is it free? I forgot. Yeah, it's free. Record Box is free. Um, and yeah, it's to play either on CDJs, like you could connect your laptop, or you can load and organize your USBs. So you organize your music with cue points. Oh, I mean, we could talk about that later. I don't know. If y'all really care about that, we can talk about that. But, um, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but like the thing about like accessibility to CDJs, CDJs, like for a good set of CDJs, it's like, you know, a thousand, two thousand dollars, you know. Like, that's why, like, for a long time I opted for, like, you know, like, a $100, $300 controller. Um, I don't have CDJs. We, we, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I shouted out my I shouted out my friend who lets us borrow them. Yeah, we have a friend um, in town who lets us borrow CDJs, pretty much. Yeah, like, I'll, yeah, shout out. Shout out to everyone who, got, who has the gear. And it's like, yeah, it's like... Yeah, some people will collect gear and then like we'll rent it out to you for cheap or like we'll let you borrow it. It's just like about knowing where to get it. Like, because it, it can be a lot, you know? Because, yeah, especially in Philly where like a lot of venues don't have like a backline or speakers even or anything. So we gotta just bring everything. It's a lot. Yeah, I was just gonna say if, if any of you aspiring DJs, if they, uh, back to the booking part, if they don't got speakers, say no. Like, <laughs> if they don't got a system, I, at least that's my bare minimum. It's like, if you have at least speakers, then I can work with that. <laughs> but if you don't, it's like, I don't drive. Like, I'm a New Yorker, so unfortunately, I'm still like public transportation Uber, and I'm like, it costs more to like bring all your shit. Like, I can't. And CDJs, I think the most, like, why people don't own them is because they weigh a lot too. And if you don't drive, and all that like and vinyl i mean record players i give up to like the people are still doing it old school style because it's like that shit is a lot of work like it's a lot yeah and like i used to own a pa for events because i feel like in philly it's really important to have because i was always like borrowing them or renting them 
And I mean, I feel like I found like speakers, like power speakers, like a pair for like maybe like $400 or $500. And that was like a big investment. And actually that investment paid off for like almost five years. They like lasted me. And like, you know, I lent them to like anybody who like was throwing parties, you know, because, you know, everyone's looking for speakers or PA or like CDJ, you know, everyone's just looking for this. And so, yeah, because it's expensive equipment and not a lot of people have it. And it's just like about knowing people and like, figuring it out and just like you know yeah connecting with your community so that you you know you support your community and then they support you you know yeah i mean i agree i do have my own pa system as well that's important i think if you're starting um definitely have your own pair of speakers i mean mine's is probably like this big they're pretty big and heavy so like it's not the most it's not the best option but like i do it mainly for like birthdays like those kind of gigs like i never did a wedding yet but like shit like that where you need they book djs because they have all of that or like lighting effects and all that other crap but um i think it's important to have if you could or if you have friends that drive that are willing to like help you get to a gig that's helpful too or family members um what else spending wise i mean yeah it costs a lot but i did the same thing when i started i spent like $300 on a little Numar controller and these are built for like, you know, DJs that are just starting out so it's like simple, cut through. CDJs, I never had access to practice on them. I just had one random gig on them and I, like I was thrown in it and that's it. Like that was my first time ever on a CDJ and I'm like, oh, what's this? Like, what's this, what's this? Okay, got it. Bam, bam, bam. And then it's like quick learning. Like, you just gotta throw yourself on it and then like, it might turn out shitty, but then you'll be better for the next time. So like, basically all my gigs that I started doing with CDJ, I just threw myself there. And now it's like, oh, right, I got the hang of it. Like, last week at the Fancy Gala I just did, I had like 20, 30 minutes before the gig and I was like, you know, playing around with them, and I learned how to use the effects, finally. The fuck, like, <laughs> it took me mad long, like, I was just, like, using the USBs back to forth, and I'm like, oh, this is, okay, so I think it's taking advantage of your moment, and, like, whenever you can, kind of thing. Um, other shit, I don't know. Outfits, for me, is, like, money. <laughs> I love dressing, I love looking cute, Lisa. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, when it's an important gig, I always go shopping, like, last minute, either the day of or the day before, and I feel like, like, you were talking about aesthetics, like, I love looking a certain type of way of how I feel that day, like, my mood right now, obviously, I'm, like, t-shirt, jeans, like, I'm thrown together, <laughs> like, I'm never off this early, so shout-outs to ass sweeties, <laughs> but, like, sometimes you want to be super cute, you want to be slutty looking, you want to be, like, you know, so it depends on your mood and what kind of, like, gig that it is, I always, like, my family always gets at me, they're like, you have so much fucking clothes, but it's just outfits, like, you can't do shit with that, it's just, like, an outfit for that day, outfit for that gig, and I have that bad habit, but, like, I think it's important because we're getting, like, more attention, we're getting documented, you want to look presentable in, like, a photo or video, it sounds a little bit, maybe, material, I don't know, selfish or conceited, but, like, you do want to look decentish, and, yeah, 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 like, I feel like, I mean, and I shout out to all the, the female DJs that feel like, 
they don't have to look like a certain way to attract because that's the misconception as a female DJ. Like, you gotta have your boobs out and like a tight ass dress or some shit, heels. Like, who's DJing heels? Like, I ain't DJing no fucking heels all night. Like, you bugging. But, like, like, I feel like that's the misconception. Like, you gotta look cute and, like, we do gotta erase that, but I feel like look cute to your comfort. Like, how you wanna look? Your community wants to see you shining. Like, you know? Alright, so do we have any more questions? One last question? <laughs> no, it's all good. Outfits. Yes. Um, what? Ex- tell us what was your worst DJing experience. <laughs> well, now, what was the top one? Like maybe where you got kicked out because you sucked, or like the crowd booed you, or like you know something that extreme. Like it, it pretty much made you think: Should I continue to be a DJ or not? <laughs> I like that question. Damn. Oh, shout out to Joey though. She about to kill the panel later. <laughs> um, oh my god. Oh, bad worst memory. Um, I was doing at a Mescala event actually. Um, this was like two, three years back when I just kind of still was starting out. And they had this, um, this party called Perreo or whatever. Like, Perreo, yeah. Basically a reggaeton party. Just full on reggaeton. And I was at this club, I forgot, I was somewhere in the city, like a club club, so it was like my first kind of club club, and I came, <laughs> I forgot, I brought, I didn't bring my equipment, because at that time I was so, like, un- I wasn't knowledgeable about CDJs at all, so, like, at that time I was DJing at some radio station for fun, like, oh, plug in my laptop, and that's it, like, I'm good to go. So my stupid ass, like, once it was time for me to go on, I'm like, I'm plugging my laptop, nothing, like, it wasn't popping up, like, your set is supposed to pop up, so you see, like, two decks on your screen, and it's, like, good to go, I'm like, that's not happening, what's going on, like, what? So, they were like, did you bring a box? I'm like, a box? <laughs> what box am I bringing? <laughs> yeah, that's how, like, stupid I was about everything, I'm like, uh, they were like, you have to bring a box to connect, it's like a whole technical shit, so, like, if you use CD with a laptop, you have to bring like, uh, yeah, it's like a, so you connect it between the laptop, <laughs> you, you connect between the laptop and the CDJ, and that's how it tra- like trans transitions or connects the two, right? So my stupid ass only had a laptop, there were CDJs, <laughs> and I'm like, no, so I was, oh my god, it was a horrible experience because like I was supposed to get paid, I didn't really end up getting paid because couldn't play, and I needed that money, like, then um and somebody had brought the box like one of the like sound engineers brought a box but my computer wasn't really having it like it wasn't working (laughs) so i wasn't prepared i didn't have no backup so i ended up in the bathroom crying like a bitch like and the stall like fuck and i forgot like the guy i was dealing with at the time i was like on the phone like and he was like wait calm down he was a dj too so he was like do this do that and i'm like okay like i'm trying to do the shit and it didn't really work so i was like fuck like this is a disaster so my night was ruined my mood was horrible but they were like 
It's okay, don't worry. Like, we'll book you again. I'm like, but Sean, okay, I needed this money. I needed this money. Like, it was the worst experience of my life. Like, I'm an emotional person, so that shit was like... Um, I mean, I feel like I've had a few, but maybe one of, like, my like most embarrassing... Well, I feel like I ended up crying, too. Um, was I got booked to do, like, a couple of, like, um, shows in Mexico City. And I was, like, flown out by these people. And like, and I get in like, and you know, we go to the function like the, the first night I'm there, and um, and you know they give me Molly, and I'm on Molly, and I'm like, you know, I'm excited. I've never been to Mexico City before, and then I'm like plugging myself in, and like my hard drive like is not work. My external hard drive on my computer is not working. Like it's just like dead. And like I had like just recently switched over all of. I was like cleaning on my computer, so it was like so full. I moved all of my music onto the hard drive and so I just had like no music to play and I was just so embarrassed and I was just, like on Molly so I was having like a terrible and I was having like a terrible trip so I was just like crying I was just like outside like crying luckily luckily you know my friends were like super sweet about it and like the other DJ that was there like just for longer and everything so it worked out fine and then like you know the next few days before our next gig I like downloaded a bunch of things on my computer and I was ready for the next one but yeah that was like super like embarrassing and like like things and, like yeah like the technical like it's always good to have like backups like when another use USB another use like USB then go and like I love pulling up to the function just like with my purse and not like with a, not like with a backpack like like a like a dork like with your like backpack like full of stuff like you know you pull up looking cute and like but i have like three usbs in my purse like in case one of them fails or two of them fail you know just have backups i don't know because that just that just reminded me i forgot my second worst experience i have to mention it because yeah y'all are gonna laugh like this show is too much so like colombia i did colombia and they threw me out too <laughs> so this is like the second night right like i i had dj the night before and it was okay like the turnout was eh, like whatever but i had fun like meeting everyone the other djs in the scene and then the night after was supposed to be like the bigger party you know i was like yeah i'm ready i'm gonna go hard <laughs> So it was also like a reggaeton party and so <laughs> so we were in this like it looks sketchy ass type of like basement-y I don't know whatever not basement I lie but like I don't know like you rent it out and you deck it out yourself type thing um and it had a stage and all that um shout out to the Obama that connected me to Colombia I love her to death she's my number one um, <laughs> so like we're there we're ready to go and um I was going last so they had me like at peak time or whatever so people are coming up to me they're like oh tu vas a tocar like estamos listos wow. like I'm like yeah like I'm, I had like a bottle of whiskey they gave me like there was like cause Colombia y'all yes aguardiente I love the Aguadiente too, so that shit was popping. Um, so I'm ready, and like once I get up there, I'm like, all right, I'm about to play. Oh no, sorry, I lied. Before I got up there, the Obama was on, so she was playing. We never told this story out loud, by the way, so this is like exclusive because we just try not to talk about this shit ever again. <laughs> but while she was playing, everything turns off, so the speaker shut down. Bomb, lights off, bomb. And she thought it was her, so she's looking around like, fuck, like, and I'm like, you're good, like, what's going on? 
going on? All of a sudden, cops pull up. <laughs> the cops shut down the party. Lights go on. Everybody's like standing around, like, what's going on? Play, play. We're like, we don't know. We're so confused. So outside, like, the Colombian police were all there. And they were like, pay up, like, they were trying to bribe, to bribe the, um, the party person, yeah. They wanted to bribe to go away, and I guess the organizer, like, he didn't want to do that, obviously. So, literally, we're on the stage, and like, let's say we're, like, behind here. He comes back on stage, he sits right there, kneels down, doesn't face the crowd, like, he's there hiding, hiding and shit. And we're all standing there, like, mad parents, like, fuck out of here. Fuck this shit, and I'm like, no fucking way, like, so they're looking at us for answers, and we're like, what the fuck is going on, so he told us, oh, la policia tan aquí, da, da, da. and we're like, fuck this shit, <laughs> fuck this, so, like, that, that night, I was supposed to leave back to New York, so it was, like, the worst, the worst ending of a night, like, it gets worse out of there, but, jeez, Louise, like, we were like, fuck out of here, like, I didn't even get to play at all, like, not one song, nothing and i was so like distraught because i never that was like my first international like gig first international trip and i was so depressed so sad as fuck like i'm like damn like they were ready like those people that knew me like they wanted me to play and uh, that had me excited and i'm like fuck you police fuck the police <laughs> Yes, fuck the police. <laughs> we'll just reiterate that. <laughs> well, I'm glad y'all made it through all that and y'all are here. So like, hey, clap for that, clap for that, hey. All right, y'all, so like, before before, before we wrap up, I just wanted to give a shout out to Elosi who couldn't be here today. She's amazing and she's been DJing with Sweeties for a little bit now and like, I do feel like she, she deserves a lot of love and thank you, thank you for all her work. Um, so yes, thanks for every, thanks for being here, everybody. And uh, I guess we're gonna move on to the next, to the to, to, to the next panel. But this was amazing. Thank y'all for being here. I feel so blessed. And it's Celia's Cruz's birthday today. Right? So like, hey, shout out for that. Happy birthday, Celia. For real. Um, thank y'all. Thank y'all. Bubble up and make your body go boom boom. Bubble up until you feel it and you boom boom. Bubble up on the bike pack, make it go boom boom. Girl, bubble up until you feel it and you boom boom. Bubble, bubble,
to the cruise. Doing shit, you don't even see him move. Ride with me, ride with me, boss. I got a hard head, but her ass off. She wants the last name with the ring on it. Cause I pulled out a million cash, told her playing on it. Egyptian, tell them for go on eviction. This one, yeah, it's had a bad gal edition. See them gal that contradiction. Them say them sitting tight, a bare fiction. The wall of them a beat, body smoking, cigarette, shit nice. Figure it, get them the rollerblades, tell them to ski it. Stay out doing them, Jamaican tip. All I do is sign boobs and be taking pics. Got the new bins, the color of a bacon pit. Got a spot in every state, Dalmatian bitch. Got this young money, old money, real good money. Ain't do a feature that wasn't on Billboard, honey. Kingston, Rima, Waterhouse, Jungle, Bobby, my I've enough gal in a Y'all, you give me the tightest grip me ever get in my life. Y'all, me just want to be one, y'all. But me think all around, y'all. Y'all, you give me the tightest hold me ever get in my life. Like a fast bike, funny boy, room, 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 room. Y'all, funny back and cheer, boom, 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 boom. Give me back a one, now the fat will come, come. But the rappers, then ask me, I get my boom, boom. Team, they want to touch you. I move for you, she want in her soul. She said, more fun, more rats, still she grown. I still be mounted, but it will get me what we want. Put me outside town, yeah. Y'all, you give me the tightest hold me ever get in my life. Y'all, me just what we want, yeah. Put me outside town, yeah. Y'all, you give me the tightest hold me ever get in my life. Like a fast bike, man, it run, 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 run. Y'all, man, it's like a tia, boo, boo. I don't go let you. Where I don't go do you, Sabasa, baby, trust me. When you give your heart to me, I don't go let you go. 
Where I no go do you, Masa, Masa, baby, trust me. I go do your body like skin tight. Where I go do it by your side. Ten times when I no get to sneak up. You do it by my side. So make a day your body like skin tight. Where I go do it by your side. Cause ten times when I no get to sneak up. You do it by my side. Oh, na, 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 na. Like Kojo, making fans like Kojo, running from the popo. We don't like the popo. I 
said, Money is the mom of there on a dolo. Making funds like Kojo, making funds like Kojo, running from a popo. I said, Money is the mom of, I said, Money is the mom of there on a dolo. Making funds like Kojo, making funds like Kojo, running from a popo. But we don't like the popo. I said, Money is the mom of there on a dolo. Making funds like Kojo, making funds like Kojo, running from a Getting dirty money on the low low Fucking them dive on the popo Keeping it show show Only go first in the moment Honestly Dick good, dick big and long Slow up until the crack of dawn On the 
será, ven acá, a que me enamore más, morena condena, esa melena sin tu culo como Selena, no me mientras te doy la serena, te que más, que locura me da tu, locura pega tu, locura nena, soy el que te pirupea, por ti tirotea y en la brea pelea, mami no sea peor, vea, no quiero veo de a y en la jota odea, ya tú sabes, a la M odea, suelto sin ese ojea, en la mía manda el caminar, en la mía conviene otea, sin que otea, sin que te chotea, que estoy peleando en te otea, cada vez que me da, siento la humedad, me doy duro como veré o sea, para derramar el licor en tu seo, vea, mami yo quiero que se tu veo sea, hasta dejarte L o sea, sin eres o vea, que se alto y que si te registro, te chopan la registro y por ahí me filtro, pues te sentirlo, pedirlo, ese puri, puri, yo quiero sentirlo, así que mami cupera, quítame la correa pa' que leas, si te home como corea, no te salga por la azotea, que si yo vete pues gotea, pídeme que te sea o me a la C O C A R O C A, del S O F A a la L O S A, si eso es lo que desea, te quiero bien, M O N A, en la L O N A, con la L O M A, A, S O M A, diciéndome papi T O M A, déjame T O M A, sorry L O A, debe ser esta tarde la S O D A, o que estoy en la mía con N O T A, sin G O T A, sin N O T A, que estoy peleando en tu B O T A, cada vez que me da, siento la humedad, que todo el mundo como muere o sea, pa' derramar el licor en tu C O P A, mami yo quiero que sea tu B O T A, hasta déjate L O sea, si eres O P A, que locura me da tu, locura pega tu, locura nena, soy el que te pido P A, por ti tiro T A, y en la P A pelea, mami ta, no sea P O B A, no quiero E O D A, estoy en la J O D A, ya tú sabes, a la M O D A, suelto sin S O G A, en la mía, manda que caminar, en la mía con N O D A, sin P O D A, sin que te chotea, que estoy peleando en tu P O D A, cada vez que me da, siento la humedad, me doy duro como huele o sea, pa' derramar el licor en tu C O P A, mami yo quiero besar tu B O C A, hasta dejarte L O C A, sin R O P A.
seen a twirly. Nigga, I 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 seen a twirly. I'm a battle. 
to the floor. Now, deep breath. Now, pose. No stress. Gonna make it really hot. Get dressed. Now, walk to the floor. Bitch, walk to the floor. Now, walk to the floor. Make the crowd hard. Now, deep breath. Now, walk. Now, pose. No stress. Gonna make it really hot. Bitch, get dressed. Deep breath. I really wanna walk. I really wanna walk. I really wanna walk. No stress, get dressed. No stress, get dressed. Deep breath. I really wanna walk. No stress, get dressed. No stress, get dressed. Deep breath. I really wanna walk.